Film Fanatics. From the silver screen to your earphones. With Alan Azulay and Gal Balaban. Welcome back to Film Fanatics, where we talk about the movies that have us obsessed, excited, and inspired. I'm Gal. And I'm Alan. Today we are going to talk about King Richard on Can It Contend. And it's also a newish movie. So... Finally, we're going to do that because we've been promising you guys for a couple of weeks now. Also this week on Total Recall, we watched a classic, 1987's The Princess Bride. Now, before our movie news, I thought we could react to this. The Writers Guild of America released their top 100 scripts of the year, which I think you'll like this. So first is Get Out is their number one of the decade, the century, actually. Fair. Number two is Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. And do you want to guess what number three is? Oh, I hope is the one that I think it is. The Social Network. Damn straight it is The Social Network. It should be number one, but I'm glad it's uh, number three. Have you watched Get Out? I haven't watched it yet. You need to watch Get Out. I need to watch it. I do think overall Social Network is better than Get Out, but they both deserve to be up there for sure. What else is on this? Is Parasite. Kudos, kudos to Jordan Peele for for the greatest career shift of all time. Insane, right? For our first news, Sony gave us the teaser to the sequel to Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, and it's called Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse Part 1. And I kind of cringe as I say that last part because I don't like seeing the word part in a movie title like this name is something new but they are making a spider-verse trilogy which is coming out 2022 and 2023 which is pretty cool yeah I, when i when i saw that i was actually really excited because you know how big of a fan i am of uh the first spider-verse and um so i got really excited that i get two movies instead of one and also having to wait like what four or five years a little less than four one. years it's gonna so be so like yeah I, I i i was sure there was gonna be a trilogy but i was like man am i gonna have to wait another four years for 2026 so like it's it's good to see that i'm not gonna wait that much uh the first one won the oscars for best animated feature uh for the first time in a while since disney <laughs> didn't lock it <laughs> and i thought it was well deserved it was a fantastic movie Keeping in the Spideyverse, no, I'm joking. This is not <laughs> Spider-Man related. Well, kind of is. Uh, Tom Holland confirms he will indeed be ta- tapping into Fred Astaire biopic. I was uh, hoping for like a groan from that pun. That's why I wanted you to say that. Uh, listen, <laughs> I have no energy anymore. So yes, that was a horrible pun. <laughs> I, just, I did not come up with that. It was Entertainment Weekly or whatever. They always do that stuff. Is uh, in the works uh, at Sony basically tom holland's home at this point um and he's re-teaming with his spider-man producer amy pascal it's weird because there's also another fred astaire biopic happening at amazon and it's called fred and ginger which stars jamie bell and then margaret qualley as ginger rogers which already sounds like a much better movie than the tom holland one honestly it does um tom holland's like agent's choices in the past few years like, I get why he did Cherry. I get why he. Get, I hated that movie. I get why he did the the Devil all the time and all that. I actually like that one. Yeah, but like I'm I'm speaking purely like, I guess financial and like credibility wise, 
it didn't giving as much the credibility of like an Oscar actor, which I think is what he's kind of chasing right now. Like uh-huh. when you look at movies like this, but then again, you have a competing movie that sounds better. Ahead of the release of West Side Story this week, Steven Spielberg has already announced that his next movie, The Fablemans, has started filming, which by the way, he is a writer on, which he hasn't done in like 30, 40 years. And it stars Michelle Williams, Paul Dano, and Seth Rogen. And the movie is going to be loosely based on his own childhood. Yeah, I heard that it was like semi-autobiographical. Is that right? Yeah. A lot of filmmakers do that like... Alfonso Cuaron with Roma and now Kenneth Branagh with Belfast this year and Spielberg seems to be doing his own thing now. That seems cool. Like that seems like something I would probably try to do uh, when I make it. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Sounds good. We're definitely going to be there. You had me at Spielberg. Exactly. Shang-Chi 2 is officially in the works with the same director as the first one, Destin Daniel Cranton. He signed a deal, and he's also signed a deal to do a Disney Plus show. It has not been clear yet which project that would be. It just says he's attached to direct the Disney Plus project and Shang-Chi 2, and I'm really excited about both. Uh, I really like Shang-Chi, and so I'm glad that the director's back, and I don't think they could do any wrong. I'm super excited about the second one, but I'm really excited about what this show is going to be. Uh-huh. Like, I want to find out more about that, because I want... I want to see Des- Destin Daniel credit with like six hours to work with. I mean, they've greenlit like 20 shows now, no? Oh, they did. It's a lot of shows. So, for this week's Total Recall, we actually decided to watch The Princess Bride. We did something that we haven't done in a long time, and we decided on the movie yesterday. <laughs> uh, but I'm so glad that this happens. That this happened because I have actually never seen The Princess Bride, and I'm so glad of it. The Princess Bride came out in 1987 and was directed by Rob Rayner, and it has my whole my whole heart right now. This is my mom's favorite movie of all time. God bless your mom. And thank you. And so every couple of years she revisits it. Obviously, she showed it to me when I was young, and whenever she rewatches, normally I tune in. This was still my first time rewatching it in a couple years but watching it again last night to prep for this i had so much fun and i think part of it played into the the fact that these moments are some of the moments in this movie are really iconic but also just the fact that this movie is so much fun sometimes with older mo- with some older movies especially like more family i guess friendly movies that are not like you know like those dark like really intense movies they tend to fall flat when you watch them again as an adult. Oh, don't even get me started about earlier this week when I watched Labyrinth for the first time and it was so but, dumb. Yeah, see, that's that's what I mean. We've talked about Space Jam before. Like, some of these older movies, like, from our childhood... I Again, I didn't grow up with this movie particularly, but watching it as a 25-year-old, <laughs> I got all the jokes. It was so funny. It was, uh, it was just such a fun, quaint adventure. Honestly, it was... One of the most different movies also I have ever watched, I thought I was watching a play, which was really interesting. Just how the dialogue is written and how it's filmed just made me feel like I was watching a play. And it was and it was amazing. Like, the dialogue particularly. It was so... Such, like, 
Sire dialogue from like it's ancient England. Everything that Wesley, the main character, says has some sort of wit behind it. Like he never directly says what he wants. He always comes up with some elaborate story. I really enjoyed the directing, the directing choices by Rob Rayner. I don't think it's his best movie per se because I've seen some of his movies that are more like adult aimed. I guess so it's a few good men, Stand by Me, Misery, The American President, but. This one is definitely his most heartfelt, besides maybe Stand By Me. It's definitely up there. I think he also did When Harry Met Sally, which is my mom's other favorite movie. Your mom loves herself from Rob Rayner. <laughs> she said that herself, too. Um, and yeah, I really like the cast in this movie, particularly Mandy Patinkin, who he's, plays Inigo Montoya. He's amazing, and I'm so glad that I finally got that reference, because I heard it so many times. Did you never know where that was from? I never knew what it was from. And like, I when I watched that the first time he said it, I was like, oh, because I didn't, it didn't click <laughs> for me when I just heard his name. But when he told the story about his dad, I was like, no way that's from this movie. That's amazing. Hello, my name is Inigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. No. Andrew the Giant is so sweet in this movie. So quaint. He's like the, the warm-hearted giant. Exactly. He plays that whole role to perfection. I'm going to be honest, I don't think I ever saw Andrew the Giant in any movie before. I don't think I've seen him in anything else and, either. Uh, apparently he was really big in the uh, latter part of the 80s, which is why yeah. he's here. Well, I think he passed away just a couple years after The Princess yeah. Bride. Uh, yeah, but I think he, w he was in a couple of big movies like besides right. Princess Bride. And he was just so quaint. I felt like every time he showed up, I was just so happy. And... Um, Robin Wright, it was really fun to see Rob... Cause it was really weird, actually, to see Robin Wright because I'm used to her being this politician type on, like, House of Cards. That's how I met her for the first time, like, before watching any other movies with her. So to watch the, her first project, which is this, and she's a completely different person. Like, all, all, her, all her roles right now are, like, very stoic and very... Yeah. I think this might have to do with the fact that now I've seen other movies with her, like Forrest Gump and Unbreakable, but her English accent kind of distracted me. Maybe just because I knew it was fake, I don't know if I could judge if it was a good or bad accent. I agree but, with that, actually. It distracted me a bit. I was like, I know you're not English. Yeah. Who are you trying to fool? I also like Christopher Guest in this movie. He plays the six-fingered man who killed Inigo Montoya's father. Um... Uh, I always remembered him as very intimidating, but looking, watching it again now, the villains are kind of pussies in this movie. Like, the first thing he does is run away from the fight. Yeah, but I think it, it's so characteristic from them. Like, they wrote it so well and they played it so well because, like, you knew that they were all talk. The whole movie, like, it looks that they're, like, they're all talk. The only thing they do, like, physically with their hands is torture people. They never fight anyone. They never. They're always telling people to fight people for them. That's reasonable because I was always. I was thinking after. Why didn't we see a fight between Wesley and Prince Humperdinck? Because but he's a pussy. Like exactly. <laughs> um, Prince Humperdinck is intentionally very annoying, but I think that was the point to just make him repulsive. I think it really goes back to them, like all all the movies seeming like they're like this mustache twirling evil villains. And by the end, they they both <laughs> kind of suck. Can we also talk about Wallace Shawn uh, and his scene where they, with the drinks, 
And that whole scene was a lot of fun. He didn't fall? Inconceivable. You keep using the word. I don't think it means what you think it means. That guy annoyed me so much in this movie. See what I mean? Like, all the villains are kind of annoying in this movie. No, but that guy was especially annoying. Like, I, when he died, I was like, good riddance, my friend. When he, like, fell over and died, you could tell he was acting. That also happened when... Also when they, like, knocked out Robin Wright and when he knocked out Wesley with his sword. Like, you could tell that they were fake knocked out. But see, I found that charming because I found it. I found it like <laughs> it's like a play, like, like a play, exactly. Like that's what I w- was going through my mind when I was watching it. I was like, okay, I'm not watching a movie; I'm watching a play. One more thing is Miracle Max, played by Billy Crystal, who's like unrecognizable with makeup until you hear his voice, which is one of the most recognizable voices. I just want to highlight this one line where he tells his wife, are you a witch? And she's like, no, I'm your wife. But after that, I don't know if I even want to be that anymore. No, the other, uh, the, their whole conversation is so funny. Liar! Liar! Get back, witch! I'm not a witch, I'm your wife! But after what you just said, I'm not even sure I want to be that anymore! The last scene of the movie brings it all full circle when the grandpa says, as you wish. Grandpa? Maybe you could come over and read it again to me tomorrow. As you wish. In the oh, last this scene. is something that I wanted to mention. I hated everything with the kid and the grandpa. For I wish the whole movie was it was in the in the play sort of mode. That makes sense, but I think the last scene justifies it for me when the kid is like, "Hey, can you come back and read it again for me tomorrow?" And he's like, "As you wish." I think it brought a very loving energy at the end. I don't know. I just thought it was like, why are we here? Let's let's get back to the movie. You know what I mean? I thought the I thought it took it out of took me out of the movie more than it helped. I guess. Like sometimes it was a little bit funny. Like the the little boy saying, "Well, I don't like kisses," and the grandpa saying, yeah. "Oh, you're gonna like kisses pretty soon, bro." And then at the end, he's like, "You know what? I don't mind." Exactly. So like, I got why he was there. Probably because the movie would have been too too small without it it would have been like been one like, hour and ten minutes yeah 20 minutes less or something so yeah watch the princess bride definitely and thank you mom for raising me with the princess bride thank you girls mom <laughs> now let's get to can it contend as promised we are talking about king richard It's one of the most discussed about movies when it comes to the award season, and it follows Richard Williams, the dad of Venus and Serena, and Richard Williams is, of course, played by Will Smith. The most dangerous creature on this whole earth. It's a woman who know how to think. Yes, daddy. Ain't nothing she can't do. You want to show them how dangerous you are? Venus and Serena gonna shake up this world. Don't get me wrong, what I'm about to say, but like, I had a lot of hopes that this movie would like be one of the most amazing movies of the year. Don't get me wrong, it still is. It just felt a, it fell a bit short for me, just a bit. Like I loved it, but I was I I was hoping that I would love it more. If that makes any sense. I'm actually gonna say the opposite. I had I was thinking I'd really enjoy it but it still surpassed my expectations. I think the themes that they talk about 
and um, Will Smith's performance. Everything about the movie really gripped me, even though it's two hours and 25 minutes. I agree. Definitely. I just think I had a way too high hopes for this movie, maybe. Um, but Will Smith's performance is breathtaking. It's so good. So good. Because usually when, when Will Smith gets like dramatic roles, don't get me wrong, they're really good. Like, he was amazing in um, in Pursuit of Happiness. And there were some... Like, honestly, he made me cry watching the, Presh, the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air ones. And I'll never forget that it was one of my first experiences with, like, with actual acting when I was a kid. Um, it's a scene that his father leaves him again. And he hugs Uncle Phil. And he, go, and he just goes so earnestly... Why doesn't he want me? Yeah, I know this and scene. And that scene breaks my heart every single time I watch it. And it's all down to his performance. I'm going to get through college without him. I'm going to get a great job without him. I'm going to marry me a beautiful honey. And I'm having me a whole bunch of kids. I'm going to be a better father than he ever was. And I sure as hell don't need him for that. Because ain't a damn thing he could ever teach me about how to love my kids. How come he don't want me, man? And this is a whole movie of him being an amazing actor. And I just love that. I also watched this movie with my dad and both my grandpas, who are tennis fanatics, as we say here. And I think that made the experience more fun because they enjoyed it as much as I did. Yeah, I'm not that big on tennis, but like I always loved sports movies, even though I don't really love the sport that they're talking about. They're always very uplifting because someone's doing something they love and they're normally they end up succeeding yeah it's amazing apparently he actually said that to her and that's amazing like that makes the movie just that line because he's oh my God. he predicted the future he went he's and a he, prophet and he told her your sister is going to be the best in the world but you're going to be the best of all time and that's exactly what happened his her sister was the best in the world for a while and then she became the best of all time so like Props to King Richard himself because, like, you found yourself frustrated watching yeah. him, like, in a good way, in a good movie. But you still way. understand where he's coming from. You understand where he's coming from, but, like, you're also so frustrated with his decisions. Mm-hmm. You're like, let your girls play, man. Come on. Just let them play. They want to play. Because we also have, like, the knowledge that they're two of the most, the best play- tennis players of all time. And we're like, let the best players of all time play. I think you might just have the next Michael Jordan. Oh, no, brother man. I got me the next, too. This next step you got to take, you're not going to just be representing you. You're going to be representing every little black girl on Earth. They're not going to let you doubt. How could you? Yeah, Sonia Sidney did play Venice Williams, and Demi Singleton played Serena Williams. I want to say that both of them did a fantastic job, especially for child actresses. So much so that I think I would give a uh, that I would give an Oscar nod to Senea Sidney for best supporting actress. Wow. Okay, so I guess that. Which is rare to happen. Haley Steinfeld did it a couple of years back. Anna Paquin did it, and they did they both win. Haley Steinfeld didn't win, but Anna Anna Paquin Paquin did. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think who else. Doesn't matter. I but. don't know. The point is, I would I would give uh I don't know if I would give her the trophy, but like I would give Sanaya the 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 nod for but sure. You would rank her next to Haley Steinfeld in True Grit. I think so. Yeah, she was she was fantastic here. 
So let's lead into can it contend and Oscar chances. So I've seen this on a lot of lists about movies that could make the best picture list. And honestly, I think it might even be a lock at this point. I just recently saw it on the National Board of Review and the American Film Institute top tens. And a lot of those end up making it to best picture. And I think King Richard has a really good shot. Okay, I'm going to list you what I think is going to happen. It's not what I think, is what I want, okay? I'm going to put that out there. Will Smith, best actor, for sure. I think he might even win it this year, hopefully. He deserves it. Uh, John Bernthal for best supporting. Uh, again, uh, I hope. Sanaya Sidney for, vin- for supporting as well. I think it's not going to happen, but I, I hope it would. Uh, uh, direction by Reynaldo Marcus Green. Greatly directed movie. Writing from Zach Bain, Bailing. And cinematography by Robert Elswit. Oh, so, yeah. He's, so those, he's a legendary my, cinematographer. So those are my are my, my picks. Here's what I think will happen. It's definitely going to get nominated for Best Picture, in my opinion. I think Will Smith might even win. I would love that to happen. Uh, Anjanou Ellis will, like, 70% chance, I think, get nominated. Uh, John Bernthal, maybe like 30% chance for supporting actor. And then it'll probably get in for writing also. You don't think cinematography is going to get in and direction? Directing, I think there's like a 50% chance. Cinematography, I have no clue what else is in the discussion. So Okay. So, see, I don't, I, I didn't give uh, chances, but, like, I agree with m- most of what you said. Chances-wise, uh, cinematography, maybe, like, a 30. Same with, uh, same with, um, yeah, uh, writing and all that. I don't, I don't think Shanae is getting it as much as I wanted. Uh, we will be back next week with a fresh reaction to what movie? Thank God, Spider-Man No, Ho- no Way Home. I've been waiting for this movie for years. And it's finally here. This feels like the culmination of our show so far because in our first episode, we talked about theories and stuff before the trailers even came out. And now we're watching it. Alan was right about most of it. (laughs) We're watching it Wednesday night and then we're recording it Thursday, which is going to be our fresh reaction. Actually, we don't know how much of it I was right, but I did say that the, the three villains that are here were here. So you're welcome, Film Fanatics listener. You got a scooper. As Doctor Strange says, congratulations, you're a prophet. Thank you, Scooby-Doo. <laughs> if you watched the trailer, you got that reference. If you didn't, then that just flew right over your head. Yeah, anyway, thank you so much, guys, for listening to us. Next week, it's going to be so exciting. Thank you, Gal, and I'll see you guys next week. Bye.